Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. It's Friday. See, I stole your line. <laughs> you totally did. Well, it's okay because I was going to say, Now, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I survived the snowstorm. Oh, yes, there is snow. Did you get a lot? Honestly, it started snowing from last night up until this morning. So we ended up waking up with like 10 centimeters, but it's so beautiful and sunny, it's going to melt. Oh, that's a lot of snow. No, we have like a little bit, but mind you, I don't leave my house. So <laughs> I only know what I see in the parking lot behind me. <laughs> Not much. So it was really easy to get the kids to school this morning because they just wanted to get all their layers of clothes on so they can get some playtime in before I bring them to school. <laughs> so it looks like the winter should be easy peasy for parenting. <laughs> Let's just be grateful for today. <laughs> Are you ready to get into it? So ready. Okay. So I mean... I don't know. This is really freaking amusing to me, but let's just dive into the whole Elizabeth and Franco situation. Oh, so <laughs> he he holds up his end of the bargain and shows up to say goodbye. Yes, he did. <laughs> but I feel like the Weber fam, you know, despite the request to, to have closure and to say goodbye, ultimately, I guess, expected something different. Like him not to say bye. <laughs> <laughs> Until they had the flashbacks, I was, I thought he was going to stay. Me too. Me too. I was like, what did you think about that? I just thought it was a bit odd that they filmed it in a flashback. Like, I don't know if it was creative or if it felt rushed. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Same. Okay. I had that same feeling. I honestly was left with the feeling of it being rushed. And because I wish that it came out about Cam and what happened at the party. Like, why did that get neglected? And then the magical kiss? Well, you were hoping that um, you were hoping that whatever happened to Cam at the party would have somehow drew drew, <laughs> drew in. <laughs> Draw Franco in. Is that what the hope is? Yes. And just like because the the, oh. the train of thought was that he was going to stay. So if he was going to stay, then there needs to be some like real life scenarios to like spark something. Well, I think we got that with Scott. True. Very true. And, and we will talk about that in a second. But about mm. him showing up to the house. Okay, what do you think of this? So Newbeg18 commented and she goes, I must be the only one who thinks Liz and her son and others are acting ridiculous regarding what happened to Franco. How can they be so mad at him? They can certainly be angry about the situation, but they talk to him as if it's his fault. Anyone else see it this way? I kind of understand. Do you understand, like, what she's getting at? Like, what she's picking up on? It's displaced. Like, I, I understand that and that they sh it shouldn't happen that way. But at the same token, it's like, what else are they supposed to do? It is the weirdest circumstance ever. It is the weirdest circumstance, but it is bizarre to be mad at him. <laughs> because, like, from the start. And, like, and, and it, 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 it is it's strange because from the beginning, this whole thing was very nuanced, you know, like you hear one person's side and you kind of side with them. It was like, it was really complicated because everybody has their feelings and you can kind of easily understand everyone's perspective in, in this situation. But it is odd that you're yelling at Franco about Franco <laughs> and I get it, but it's like, they're acting like, and we talked about this. It's just this crappy situation that happened to everyone. But when it comes to him, it's just, it's not like he's keeping Franco from them. You're, it's a big ask. 
Like you're asking oh, him yes. to risk like his actual life. And I just think, you yeah. know, he can't like there at the same time, like, like you said, it's displaced anger, but there's also this understanding that this procedure that's one in four of success, they're acting like Franco is legitimately like, sorry, Drew it has the power to give Franco back and he's opting not to. And he doesn't. Exactly. I see. And that's why I can kind of navigate both sides because yeah. there is a chance that he will be a vegetable. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I just don't, like, I don't think I would ever be able to let that option go. And I don't think he can either. And I don't think it's a matter of like, well, if I do this procedure, that's a hundred percent guarantee. It's not that like, there is no hundred percent guarantee in this procedure. At which point you still may need to convince him because he'll need time to kind of process the fact that he's not this other guy and also have Mm -hmm. to let go of himself. There is that reality, but it just so happens that in this situation, you know, he could be left a vegetable. So it it is. So, yeah, exactly. It's just a very intense situation. So, I mean, look, Cam's really upset about the whole thing. He leaves. We don't know what his spiral will continue to look like. Yes. But then he's left alone with Elizabeth. So what did you think of their kind of, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's their final scenes, obviously, together. But what did you think of their moment together? I agree. I didn't think it was final as well. But I kind of giggled to myself when, she, but he didn't back away when she reached up. He didn't move. That's what it's surprised like, me. It's true. It's not like he didn't know what she may be doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm wondering if you're, if you're, I thought you were going to say uh, the thing that I picked up on. Like, I know it was like a serious moment, but I mean, okay. I wanted to laugh when he was telling her he's just not here right now. And I'm like, should she leave a message after the beep? <laughs> oh my God, I love that. that. That is the name of the podcast. <laughs> so that made me laugh. And I mean, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to criticize her. Like, look, I'm always like back and forth with Elizabeth, but I feel like as the story was progressing and the way that it's shaping up, I am a bit more on her side and all this, but I did have to say, it did make me laugh where it's like, oh, I don't know what else to do. So let me just throw myself at you and see if that works. <laughs> that seems to and... be the answer all over that town. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just feel like, and I get it in her, and like, she's trying to say goodbye. She's desperate. It's her husband. You know, Mm -hmm. how do you not kiss him? How do you not engage in your normal behaviors? But at the end of the day, like, how many times did, like, Kim try to kiss real, well, real Drew? Um, And, like, it never, like, nothing ever happened. Like, kisses don't break these spells. (laughs) They don't. Um, It's a medical procedure. But, but, okay, so on, okay, so at Frizzniz on Twitter said that kiss definitely did something few more scenes like this and Franco's totally breaking through what do you think (laughs) oh I think it's gonna be more so the um the intimacy of the family yeah I think so too like and I I think on on some level this is sort of true it may not bring his memories back but it may because you remember what the what what like the real Drew had said and and I and it's carrying through to this Franco okay so original mm-hmm. Drew had said sometimes, my memories don't come back, but it's like I have these gut feelings. Ooh, and, yeah. Right? And then when Jason went to go see Druco or Franco or whatever, and he was asking him about, do you remember Peter? Do you remember this? And he said, I don't have the memory, but there was a feeling about him when I saw him. So if anything, I just think that these types, like the more you have these interactions... 
um, they might strike feelings, basically. Maybe not memories, but feelings that they will then build on. Okay, so th- then maybe you said it so well. I think that's what I was feeling when they didn't talk about Cam. Like, I was hoping that they would, and that that sense of, like, that parent, that person that needs to speak out, that needs to be some sense of authority yeah. would have came through. Exactly. That's what I think that, that, that the hope was, is that if we start talking about family issues, he'll sort of dive right in. But maybe mm-hmm. it is too soon, and I think that we might be going there. Because Okay, so were you not a little bit perplexed with, with the conversation with Scott? Because finally we're addressing the whole reality that this guy, so Franco, who thinks he's Drew, actually did know the real Drew. That you're just not right. a rando with Drew's memory. You're actually a person with the... like. <laughs> so complicated so yeah honestly it, yeah so exactly and like because like the franco that everyone's fighting for he knows him and so the whole <laughs> idea was does oh, he God. know does he remember like why isn't anybody bringing this up but then it finally gets addressed scott brings it up and then to my surprise he's like oh yeah bobby i grew up there i remember i remember the house I remember Betsy. I remember her boyfriend. I remember like getting sent away. So all this time, you know this this Bobby guy, but he does he can't relate it to the fact that it's Franco. So okay, so that, that happened confused... later, right? Right, but it's the same person. You're telling me like that's the thing. Like that's what was confusing. I felt like he knew this. Like in the conversation, it didn't come off like, oh, Bobby is oh. Franco. It came off like, yeah, I remember all that. And so in the end, it looked like the only new bit of information he had received was the role Franco played in protecting him. That's how it came off to me. Okay. And that's a good observation. Like, I, I didn't pull as much out of that scene. Well, as I was you did. shocked. I was shocked because I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be news to this guy. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember, I remember our childhood together. We were brothers. We were brothers briefly. And it was just like, what? Oh <laughs> this means nothing? Like, I didn't understand. Like, why should it only mean something now that Scott's bringing it up to you? Shouldn't this have carried some weight from the start? That's true. I feel like it would have been more devastating, you know? Well, yeah, like actual news that you're, like, <laughs> receiving for the first freaking time. But it wasn't that at all. Anyways, but I, at the at the end of the day, I think that may be the thing that um, keeps a hold on him, that keeps him curious I, about Franco. Ultimately, I think so too. I think so too because it's very complex. And I'm glad like there was no kidnapping because look, we we see all the goodbyes. We know that him and Kim are taking off soon, but mm-hmm. I don't buy it. You know what Same. I mean? Like I don't believe that they're actually leaving, even though they're making it seem that way. So so Kim. Also, on the same day, decides enough time has passed since the trial. And like three days. Short, yeah, yeah, of course. A whole three days have passed, and they must all be over it by now. And besties. What? And besties. What? I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? What the hell? Like, what did you think <laughs> of that? Like, I, look, I mean, we talk about how, oh, Kim's gone crazy. Kim's gone crazy. To be honest, like... To me, that was you going crazy. Like, what? Like, you can do what you want, but I just feel like be prepared to take responsibility for the decisions. Look, if you, like, like you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Drew Franco, he knows he's not, like, the real, the real Drew. 
he knows how he got the memories, but mm-hmm. he's saying, I'm going to live this life because this is all I have in me. So he's not yes. acting like he's the real Drew. He's just saying, you know, these are the memories I have. I know I'm not the Drew that everybody else knows. I know I'm the, also this Franco guy, but this is what it is. Like, there's an understanding of reality. And he understands that, okay, I'm making this choice and it's going to hurt these people. So I'm going to yes. leave to make this easy. But Kim is like, she's not really accepting the reality of her choice. She can choose to be with fake Drew. That's fine. I'm going to be with fake Drew because this is satisfying a need of mine. Like, I feel like I'm getting a do-over in my life. Cool. But why is there the expectation that there's going to be no consequences to this choice and that everyone is just going to love it? I, okay, so it's very interesting what you said, and I only thought about it now. So two things. I thought it was very over the top, but it very much parallels the way Elizabeth feels with Franco and how she wants Jason and the rest of the world to accept him and his validation in her relationship. You know what's funny? It occurred to me as I said that. I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to side with Elizabeth. Like, I'm trying my best to side with her. And as I said that, I was like, oh, that is Elizabeth. But that brings me to this. This is like like a really good observation. So Elaine Marie 810 said this. That whole visit was ridiculous. But somehow I could see the old Elizabeth doing the same thing. That's why Elizabeth was able to call Kim out on her motives. Saying you are just doing this to ease your guilty conscience over stealing my husband. I am not going to do that for you. I would have been furious at Kim's golf for showing up on my doorstep and wondered why. Elizabeth was right, though. It was Kim trying to make herself feel better because deep down she knows what she's doing is wrong. So that's oh, really interesting. She's yes. saying that Elizabeth, you know, kind of knew how to deal with her and knew what her real motives were because she maybe knows Kim more than she's, she's willing to admit. Like, she gets uh, uh, it. Yes. <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> so, I, but the, okay, but the one thing that struck me is that they, like, um, like they were super civil to each other. I'm sorry, that's just not how I picture that kind of confrontation going. Like, like they actually let each other talk. They didn't talk over each other. And the anger was kept, like, at a, like, medium tone. Like, she was angry, but she was so controlled, Elizabeth. And I would have been, like, throwing things. I was very impressed because, yeah, I feel like back in the day, it would have been, like, one of those, like, old school. Uh, what, what would they drink? Like, whiskey? And then there would be like a smack in the face. Yeah, where is her like her her like tray of alcohol? I know, right? It's only in the upscale homes. (laughs) Right. I was just gonna say I didn't want to be mean. (laughs) But it's like, well, I mean, we all saw what happened. I mean, you have it's one thing to have it when there's only adults in the home, but like you have it straight up available to teens walking through your house and it's a (laughs) Halloween party. So it's probably not a good idea to have these trays. (laughs) <laughs> when you've got children around. But, yeah but that whole scene with Elizabeth was just super super crazy and I have to say like it struck a nerve with me when Kim had the nerve to kind of accuse Elizabeth like you don't know what this feels like because like your son came back like she doesn't know what it feels to lose a child and I was like wow first of all when you lost Oscar Elizabeth never even used her personal experience she had visited Kim. She listened to her. She didn't even, like, bring up the fact that she knew, you know, on some level what she was going through. And, I mean, she might have got her son back, but I'm sorry. Like, this woman was tortured for, like, a full, what, five years until her kid came back. Like, it's that not like doesn't... he... Exactly. No! It doesn't make it any less real. Exactly. And that I was so frustrated because exactly that. It doesn't make the, that, those moments disappear. No, so I was just like, mm. 
like, okay, clearly there's these little subtle things and, and, and interactions and thought patterns with Kim that suggest she's lost it. But I have to admit, I kind of wish she lost it in a more extreme way, like in a more um, exaggerated, maybe even soap opera way. Because she's it lost it, it, it in what sense? Like she's gone full blown crazy, you know, kidnapping Cam, thinking he's Oscar. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're like, go, go full crazy. But I, it's okay. just that, like, she, she's gone. And I mean, like, I don't know what I, what I want. Like, if I want it to be like this, where it's kind of a realistic reaction to an extreme crazy situation, or if I want her to just be like crazy, crazy soap opera out of this world crazy, because she's subtle crazy. It's a different kind of crazy. We get all kinds on, on like, these soap <laughs> operas where people, like, flip and they go, like, absolutely nuts and then redeem themselves. Yes. But I guess I just see Kim's behavior right now as irredeemable because it's so subtle to her that I don't think she can really grasp how far she's gone. It's a very good point. Well said. I don't know. It sounds so confusing. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I think it is. <laughs> it, it really is. But, like, I don't. Like, I mean, there's rumors that she's even the show. People say she's even the show. So this may be her exit, which kind of sucks. because I feel like you could have done something with her character. Like I would have, like, I would have liked it. Let's say had she, um, sort of committed to just being a quarter main, I guess, you know what I mean? They offered to have her stay in the home. And so what if she had just stayed in the quarter main home Uh, maybe overstayed her welcome or maybe just went crazy in the quarter main house and got mixed up and all that stuff. I mean, she's kind of family. Like she has all the characteristics in the sense that she's a doctor. That's about it. (laughs) She's she's a doctor. It ends there. (laughs) It ends there. It does. But you know how funny would that have been? Like she's dating Julian. She brings him to the quarter main house. He gets to be closer to his son. Like, I just think that, you know, for longevity's sake, she could have yes. had it if she, maybe she had moved into the quarter main house. I agree. Anyways, um, but that's not the only crazy stuff that happened this week. So we've got a man back from the dead, officially. <laughs> okay, one thing I did notice is that there are some mannerisms that are very similar to, like, the original. He's really good. Like, I mean, last week we, we got a glimpse of him. And I just think, mm-hmm. like, I was thinking about it. Like, when they replaced Nina, we knew who the actress was way before she aired on TV. And with yes. Nicholas, we really didn't know. And it was a shock because, like, on a physical level, it was just different. You know what I mean? Like, he, it's not like they hired someone. Like, he has... Like, they went for someone that had a, a look, I guess you could say a look of Nicholas. But again, physically, it was just a bit jarring. It was just very different. Like, we needed Ava to, to, to say who he was for us to, <laughs> to know who he was. But this week, once I saw him actually have real scenes and he was acting, he very much, I find, I find is Nicholas. And at Hulez on Twitter said, very pleasantly surprised with the new Nick recast. He's remarkably natural in the role, I have to agree. But it's more than just confidence. Coloma radiates intelligence and was exceptionally present in his scenes. I think GH actually got this one right. What do you think? Ooh, I agree. Honestly, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. Um, but you're right. Once everything started to unfold, it, it just had much more of an impact on me. And I was like sold right away. Yeah. Yeah, I really was. Once I saw him start acting, a couple of things that kind of like, like, first of all, realizing he's still married to Hayden. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> so I was like, that's super fun. And also another secret that she's hiding from Finn. I don't know how that's mm-hmm. going to go over. Um, then there was also the fact that he's kissed at Ava. It didn't occur to me. 
neither yeah didn't he either i was really caught off guard by that that he was like well she's in um shady brooks she deserves to be there i was like whoa that's harsh but i mean it makes sense because today even ava had said you know maybe he's haunting me because he's upset at me for betraying him that she was explaining to jack so i mean at least we're they're painting a picture that ava may be have the idea in her head that he may not be happy with her should he be alive or dead or whatever she thinks but it makes sense as to why he's mad but I guess Ava had been talking him up in such a way like oh we have a bond we could have had something that we're all caught up in this idea of them being together and then exactly and then you have him sort of be like I don't care (laughs) (laughs) she's crazy but okay get this someone okay so Nicole Thomas 284 said this because you know, like how we were guessing, like what couples uh, would go together. So she said Nick is for Ava. Morrow West said at the event that she had to chemistry test with twenty-seven Nicholases, and she handpicked the new one. <gasps> Interesting, love- right? Yeah, I that's love it. that's so cool, and it's really cool to know that they actually like divulge a little bit of uh, info at these events. Makes me more motivated to like go to one. Oh my god, I want to go to one so bad. So. This plan is really elaborate because we know that Cassandra is part of this whole operation. And but do we finally... know how? No. Like, I, I feel like I'm missing something. Okay, no, so it's not something that I'm missing. No, and I mean, she said today that, like, their arrangement was, um, I guess, lucrative. So, I mean, all of this is money-related. Like, it, it's financially related to, to Jax, to Hayden, to Cassandra. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she finally figured out that, like, he was going to kill her. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That scene in the truck and he was just saying too much I'm like oh my gosh she's like totally sitting behind you and she could like strangle you throw you out of the car and steal the car like stop talking right now oh my gosh that's exactly what I was thinking I was like you're gonna die for real you're gonna die for real but yeah like I was just sort of like that's completely insane but I can't recall if Nicholas ever really killed anybody well that's what I was thinking too and I don't like I don't remember any person like honestly I don't remember anything and person that he killed or just things in general I don't remember people things or, things life. or life anything life. <laughs> um, well he became more of like where a bad <laughs> he became more of like oh my god where am I <laughs> he became more of a bad Nicholas before he left but I don't know if he really graduated into murder but yeah so she He's managed fast to fast track that I mean, you basically divulged to her, I'm going to murder you soon. And he's lucky <laughs> that she, she like, ran out of the truck as opposed to, you know, like you said, killing him. Yeah, big time. So then she went over to kidnap Charlotte. Well, I'm assuming she's going to kidnap Charlotte, but, like, in full view of, like, everyone. Oh, it's like when everybody tells their secrets out in public. It's just so wonderful and ridiculous and lovely. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I have I have a response to that. I have a response to that. I have to read it because like you okay. just said it. Okay. So um <laughs> this is from Knitting the Blues. So this is about Nina and Valentine, which I'm so excited to talk about. So he definitely had a GPS tracker installed under her skin someplace. I hope she doesn't <laughs> fall into the Port Charles hobby of blabbing all her secrets to someone in public or private. He is everywhere because you're right they all have a habit of like doing crazy things in public that like sometimes people just ignore or that's how your secret gets out it depends on what what way this wind is swinging that day like I just don't understand but 
what the hell what the hell when when valentine showed up at the grave okay dude i just have to say this because it just like irritated me so much i couldn't believe that like she's there she sat and then he twisted it around and made it about him yes I wrote that down. I was like, what is the matter with you? Like, you, you, and he's like, I went to your work today and you weren't there. Why do you show up every day at her work? I had PTSD of my ex-husband. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> no follow-up zone. I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And then when he started to outline how he knew she was at the gravesite, I was like, Ava's words were ringing in my head. He's obsessed with you. It's not love. It's an obsession. Oh, yes. So wise sometimes. Because he just listed out like, well, you weren't there and I know this, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay. I I feel like he could have pulled out his, his log of all her daily activities. So the funny thing about that scene is like she was super irritated, but she was also like going back to that comment about talking in public. She was about to say something to her brother. Yes. Yes. She was she was right about to and then he shows up and I was just like what is wrong with you? Like she's a grown woman. She decided to go see her brother and you're like I couldn't find you so I just decided to show up here and then he has a nerve to ask her just let me know if you need privacy and if you want me to leave. She did show up without you so I think that could be a clue that if she had wanted you to go with her in the first place you would have went with her in the first place. How can you show up and ask her, oh, did you want to be alone? Yeah, it was a bit ridiculous. But what I really enjoyed is that when she kissed him at the end, it's like her lips were saying, I like you, but her eyes were saying, I hate you. Um, It was very blatantly obvious. And it wasn't the only, like, disgusted look she gave him. (laughs) Like, literally, earlier she's like, you've done enough. And she literally could not (laughs) have said it in a more angry tone. And I'm like, if this isn't a clue that your wife hates you, your, your fiance or whatever she, she hates you like you're really dense like you He's couldn't miss blind, that blind, totally blind so dorian susan says she's playing him she is too smart to fall for this crap this is the first time i would say she's she's on to him because in the past she basically like turned a blind eye to everything but this is the first time i can actually say she's like, she's 100% playing him. Like, I feel like not only did she confirm it in her interaction with Ava when she showed up in her office, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, that that whole scene at the gravesite, her her disgusted looks at him, like, there's hatred yes. coming out of her voice. I mean, like, it's <laughs> obvious that she's, she's really, um, she gave a lot of hints, and I, it's just funny because I feel like it was hints to the audience. Yes. It was a lot of hinting to us, you know, especially at the grave when she was talking to Nathan, being like, I wish I could tell you what's really going on. I know. So something that really caught like caught my eye when I, when she went to go visit Nathan is that they showed like his year of birth and he's younger than me. Aw, I didn't pick up on that. It made me a little yeah. sad because I like to think that everybody, like I'm younger than everybody, like how it always was when I started to watch General Hospital. It's not like that though. <laughs> not, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so aside from, okay, this was like my favorite scene this week. So talking, talking. about Nina, so when Curtis caught her mm-hmm. at the Metro Court and assumed that she wasn't with Valentine was just like amazing to me. Because this, like, I, I, like, that's also what I liked about her visit to Nathan is that she was, because like, earlier in the week I was thinking, that's got to be hard on her because I do think she's playing Valentine, but in yes. public everyone acts like she's a complete fool. 
And I feel like it's the first time she really feels like a fool for being with Valentine. I think so, too. It was a little hard to watch. And the fact that she was finally expressing that to Nathan. And so in that scene with Curtis, it was really hard because I loved it. Like, Curtis doesn't care about Valentine at all. <laughs> he was only talking to, to Nina about basically, like, I'll support you even if this is what you choose. And then, like, in the background, you have Valentine saying, I'm sensing hostility. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh so hard, but I felt like Nina was like trying to communicate with her eyes to Curtis. Like, I'm not stupid. I promise. This time, that's (laughs) the thing though. It's like this time, like I, it it just sucks, but he's made her, made her out to be a fool so many times. And even when Nathan was alive, they had broken up and he was trying to support her. And then she did go back to him and he was a little bit upset with her for it and then had to kind of accept her choice. So this is like, has, it's just an ongoing cycle for Nina, you know, whether it was Nathan supporting her and kind of being like, why are you going back to him? Then it's like Curtis being like, why are you going back to him? So, I mean, it's been a long cycle of, of Nina just being made out to be a fool and then going back to Valentine. Yes. And like, I'm, it's like, I'm wondering how it's going to play out because is she going to be the one to pull this all off? Is it going to be, you know what I mean? Like, how how is it going to take him down? Because there's so many people wanting to do that. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I guess maybe, like, I do wonder if, because, I mean, we had predicted if she was going to work with anyone, maybe she would work with Spencer. That would have been really cute. But, I mean, there are adults trying to take him down, and she knows that. Because at the grave site, he basically, like you said, like, he he basically, like, (laughs) was like, he turned the whole thing into something about him. And about everybody who's after him. So he did give her some names that she can work with should she choose to. That's a really good point. They kind of laid it out for us. They they did. But at the same time, like when I was watching those scenes, I was like, what reason would any of them have to trust Nina? True. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I do think. So in terms of who would take him down, I don't know, because I don't think I don't know that Nina can really get anyone to trust her to work with her I can I can I think that she can partner up with Ava yes I didn't even think of that but yeah I I think if that I think if yeah it's true because I don't see what incentive Laura or Jax or anyone would have to trust her but given today that Ava got mad at Jax yes which I don't know if that anger extends to to Laura but you're right I think that might be the winning combo in terms of who she can work with, because I don't know what Nina's plan is all by herself. Exactly, and that's where I'm kind of struggling, because it's like, okay, yeah, you're doing this, but like, what's the ultimate goal here? Yeah, because there's no, um, they're, they're not giving a hint to the angle that she can use to tear him down. Oh, that's very true. Because she's saying, I wish you know what can go, like, she's saying, I wish I could tell you what's really going on. So we know that she's playing him. We know that she's pretending to care about him, but it's true. Like, we don't know what her end game is. Like, what could she really, other than leaving him in a surprise manner? <laughs> I don't really know what exactly she can do to hurt him. Like, what would be revenge in Nina's mind? Exactly. So I'm a little confused on that part. And she doesn't believe she actually has a daughter out there. I know, which I, which, Led me to believe that it's going to cl- come to a close sooner than later. I Maybe hope a so. Christmas miracle. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. With the holidays coming up, that might be how that could happen. Because, like, honestly, like, everything has sort of died down story-wise for Willow. So right? having it, like, sort of calm down would be a perfect time to kind of simmer things back up a little bit. So that way it could be, like, really, really focused on the relationship with Nina. 
and not all this other like you know before there was so much going on in her life yes. like so much chaos so much drama so with everything dying down she's really happy she's happy with chase everything is stable she has a stable relationship with her son so i think it would be a really good time to introduce this to with her Ooh, i'm loving it so i i have to say like I'm a little bit annoyed with Michael because, you know, Curtis sat down with him and Sasha Mm -hmm. and he has every reason to, to want to understand what happened. But Michael kept trying to like shut him down being like, you're not a cop, blah, blah, blah. Like when he was like questioning Sasha and the samples, because that was really insightful because I'm like, I don't know what all these DNA tests mean. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's like... a limit to, to soap lines <laughs> that I can understand and follow. But I liked his angle, you know. It's not that, like, I understood what he was saying, you know. It's not that um, you had somebody tamper with the test. It was the sample, which totally um, blows a hole in her story. Because if you had the, the good samples from the start, then you don't need anybody to manipulate anything in a lab. To me, the, the way well, he was... Uh, the way Michael was acting made it very clear. Made it clear that he's they're like hiding something. Oh, I found they made it very clear because Sasha basically said, doesn't matter, she's happy with him. She basically said, here, this is my motive for taking all yep. the blame because I don't want to be to blame for like making her completely unhappy, which is complete BS because even Curtis knows he's a real friend. I don't think this is a good person for her. So I want to find out the truth for her because... I- like, I think that's uh, being a truer friend as to what Nina would appreciate most. Oh, my God. 100%. Like, I thought so, it was just ridiculous so, that she kept repeating herself. Yeah. And, and I think with Michael, like, you know, I get that his motive is really to defend Sasha and to try to honor her choice, even though he doesn't agree with it. But at the end of the day, like, he's so quick to constantly come to her defense. And it's funny because Sasha had told him to stop doing it. Yes. Uh, so I think that's really I like that I like that's really cool I like that she's breaking his pattern when it comes to women but at the same time with Michael it was just like just on a personal level like you're telling me given all the drama that's gone on with your life and the way you've tried to help people you care about that you can't sympathize and understand what Curtis is going through exactly like I thought it was just a bit over the top it was because he wasn't being disrespectful to Sasha. He was letting her know what he found out because at the end of the day, you know, he could easily go around Sasha and just tell Nina what he found. You know what I exactly. mean? Ugh, it was too much. Yeah, it was a bit much for me. So the one super hilarious moment was basically Joss's punishment. The flip phone. Oh my gosh, I was dying. Oh, I was gosh. dying. She was looking at it like it was something from outer space. It was. And I and I just, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like, I always love how, like, Carly handles things. But even her and Jax as a team, like, I just think it's, they're hilarious. And they're really reasonable when it comes to Joss. And they're just so calm. And they have such great things to say. And it's very pointed, but perfect. So there is something about that conversation that Joss did have with her parents, okay? I think there was a, this was a conversation at Jax's. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're giving little hints about Dustin, I don't know if it's just me looking too closely, but between what Josh said and something Lulu said today, mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, are these hints to his past? So when Josh was trying to talk to her parents, she said, Dustin said the first year of losing someone is the hardest. And then when Lulu was talking about her time with him at the dance, she mentioned, oh, he's adorable. And she said, he has a lot of good dad jokes. <gasps> oh, I didn't even pick up on that. So I'm wondering if they're giving us a little bit of a hint on, like, Dustin and, you know, maybe he is a good guy, but, like, something Mm -hmm. happened. 
Like, he obviously has a past, so I'm just wondering if this is a bit of a clue. Ooh, I like it. So that's what I think is going on there. I just have to say, so, like, Joss was there, and obviously she wanted to move in, and Jax managed to kind of um, put that on hold. But, I mean, like, not only did he contribute to sort of helping Hayden hide Violet from Finn, he's also, like, keeping Nicholas from Laura, because we saw Laura at the house this week, yeah, the whole door scene. Hmm. It was really sad, but I have to admit, part of me is like, you know, there's always a good door caressing scene. Like, <laughs> it's always necessary, I feel like, in soap world. And I mean, True. it wasn't a full one, but it was a little bit there. I just wish Nicholas actually just opened the door because, like, I mean, the guy's causing enough chaos as it is. I agree. It's really kind of bugging me that she's right there and he's still holding on so strong to this vengeance. Look, get vengeance, but tell your mama that you're alive. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that, that's all. Like, you know, that's, that's all, really. Nicholas has been definitely taking some close calls because Sam could have seen him in that van. So, like, Sam, what makes me a little happy about Sam's situation is that this week in her interactions with, with Cassandra and just being in jail in general, she's not coming off as hopeless. Like, I found this week she was coming off, you know, like, she was able to handle Cassandra. And she just, you know, she seemed better. And I know it's stupid, but, like, it makes me happy that she doesn't seem depressed. Me too. It made me so... I didn't even know what to think. It made me kind of uncomfortable last week. Whereas It did. It did. Right? Okay. So, because it's so not her and it's so out of character. But now I'm like, yeah, you do your thing. She basically stopped Cassandra from grabbing the gun. Um, she didn't run away. So, I mean, look, mm-hmm. like, I think obviously I didn't want her to escape or whatever. And she, and she made a point of saying that I didn't do anything wrong. And the whole point is they want things cleared up. And I don't know, it kind of goes to show that like Sam and Jason are becoming a little bit more law abiding. They help the police more and they try to go by the book. I find more so than they ever did. But I have huh. to admit today I was a bit like, why are you here, Jason? <laughs> like, like <laughs> Sam has under, she had a situation under control. She's calling the police, but then Jason randomly shows up. And, okay, so um, here's the thing. He's like a far better version of Valentine. He does pop up, <laughs> but we want him there most times. <laughs> that's true. That's true. He's like the anti-Valentine. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can totally see that. But I have to admit, like, look, Chase is hot, but, like, sometimes I'm just like, what? What's your deal? Like, he shows up, and he's all like, okay, you know, Sam, this can really help your case. And then he flip-flops back and forth, you know, kind of threatening them. Well, Jason, you better cooperate and tell us things. And then at the end, he's like, here, take some time. Let them say goodbye to each other before she has to go back to jail. And I'm like, I get so confused with Chase. He's so hot and cold. I agree. It's like, pick a side and work with it and stop kind of straddling the line. It is confusing, but he's so pretty. It's like, yeah, he's pretty, but it's like, be a person. Like, he's so loyal to the law (laughs) that it keeps him from being, like, I find human. Like, he can be so robotic. It's like, you have no reason to be unkind to Sam in any shape or form. Or to, like, be hot and cold. Or to treat her like a criminal. You know? Like, I just don't find he has a reason for any of that. So, it's, it's just a, it's a little confusing. It really is. So, while Sam is dealing with more drama as usual, Alexis has her own. Oh my gosh, that poor woman. And then when she was brushing her hair, like I know I'm starting at the end, but when she was brushing her hair and it was coming out, it just, it really freaked me out. It's getting worse and I'm kind of confused as to why Kendra isn't sweating a little bit. Same. Why is she so confident that they're not going to find out what's wrong? And, you know, I kept saying like, 
Alexis will just tell Finn the changes in her diet and that she's taking a supplement. But then you would be like, maybe bring it in. Like, since he's just so... Um, thorough. Thorough, yes, that is the word. But this, I just feel like there's so many ways of, of kind of like, um, of resolving this. Like, maybe not necessarily outing Kendra, but I just mm-hmm. find, like, in terms of, okay, there was changes to your diet, you had a supplement. Why don't we try not taking the supplement? Or like you said, bring in the supplement since it's your only lifestyle change. The fact mm-hmm. that she's in the hospital and Finn is on the case, that I'm just like, I'm not sure where this is going. And then it's like, you know, for someone like Julian who's doing his own plotting, doesn't it not seem bizarre that she's telling you, please don't tell Alexis that I hang out at Charlie's? Why? I found that reasoning so ridiculous. Like, it made no sense to me. Because she always meets Alexis there. Yeah. So, so what does it matter that she's, like, I don't know, is, her poison dealer maybe goes to Charlie's? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm, like, super confused about that. I remember before we were like, oh, maybe it's Brad taunting Julian. I don't yes. know. Could it be Kendra? Like, he found a, well, a rat fell. But at the same time, it's like, you're at a dumpster. (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing. I was wondering if it was, okay, but it was a very confusing scene. Because she ditched the bin, like the the container. But it's like, wouldn't that be the good container? So why would there be stuff? Or did she ditch some of the envelope of the poison? And is it rat poison, which is why the rat fell out? Like, it was a very confusing scene as to what I was trying to well, for, for it to be a confusing scene for you, you're kind of connecting some dots that, yeah, it could very well be rat poison. <laughs> yes, that, that was my conclusion in because the end. Because something I'm... about this new dumpster character <laughs> seems really significant. It's <laughs> playing a big role in this uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting its own spotlight for sure. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's happening there, but I just feel like given Julian's capacity to plot in his own right that that he should be able to kind of see through someone like her but I just thought he was really funny showing up kind of like taunting uh, Alexis like he shows up with his flowers and be like what did your shrink get you I know I thought that was really cute kind of I have to say like it was really refreshing seeing them like that you know like with him bringing the flowers and coming to see her it has to mean something I mean because look Julian is getting the on-screen time with Alexis not Neil Hmm. and they're not portraying Neil as like the next best thing you know what I mean like they're not really um they're not like they're not showcasing any like chemistry or anything like that they're not they didn't like there was chemistry at one point like this push pull Mm -hmm. and I find like there's nothing special about them anymore well I I feel that way too, and I think that he might just be the the one normal relationship that will show her that maybe building, or both of them, that Julian and Alexis need to build a friendship. So maybe this is like them being like BFFs and like kind of bug each other, but in a very positive way that'll eventually lead the path to a healthy relationship. So Neil's role is slowly wasting his own time on Alexis. Yep. To this oh, yeah. one event to help her get back together with Julian. Honestly, it'll probably yeah, it'll probably be it, and it's gonna really suck for him. Yep. Sorry, but Neil. But then you can go to Ava. Okay, I'll read you this. Okay, so this is a, a, a prediction about couples since we're talking mm-hmm. about that. So she's awake in a dream. Said Nina needs to start officially working with Jax to destroy Valentine. Here's an idea: Nina and Nicholas. Julian and an Alexis, just inevitable and a very sexy couple. Neil and Ava. Frankel mm-hmm. coming back to Liz. And wait, wait, wait. Kim and Valentine can <laughs> drown in tears. <laughs> Send him oh back to Paris, God. le petit douche. <laughs> <laughs> 
That made me that that made me laugh so much. The only one that kind of weirds me out is Nicholas and Nina. You know who I thought would have? I I told you this a long time ago. I always thought Nina and Julian would have had something. That was like a long time ago when they were working together at uh, Crimson. Right. That like something insane would have to happen for that to occur right now. Because right now it's looking like. But now it's confusing with Nicholas back. Like, I know that person had already said that, like, more West had tested with this Nicholas and they might eventually be together. But I find, like, it's just adding an additional option for Elizabeth right now. As she waits <gasps> in the purgatory of, like, when Franco comes back, because I think that will happen. But I, I just feel like there's options there. Will there just be, like, this slow build between her and Franco? Um, will something happen between her and Nicholas? Because Nicholas is not mad at Elizabeth <laughs> for any reason that I can think right. of right now. Will it be a Julian thing? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just find, like, there's so many possibilities right now. I think in terms of, like, sexual tension, Elizabeth and Julian should have, like, an in-betweener. And Nicholas I might do just want be- that. Me too. And then Nicholas will lean on her, I feel like, for comfort. But I really don't think it's going to go down that path again. Like, too much time has passed. So much has happened, and it never goes well. Well, she can use a friend because technically, you know what? You're right. Because Drew was filling that gap. As being, like, kind of her Nicholas. Yes, totally. And he's not there anymore. So I think you're right. I think it just might be um, between Nicholas and Elizabeth, like, a friendship. But, yeah, Julian can kind of, I can kind of see him with many people. But right now he's a little (laughs) bit busy tormenting Brad. I mean, Brad deserves it. But at the same time, I feel like it goes back to Brad making bad decisions in the sense that, like, he's trying to solve problems by creating more. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, getting rid of Obrecht doesn't necessarily get rid of Nell. And even what Julian's doing, you know, getting rid of Brad, how does that eliminate the situation of Nell. Well, that's what I didn't understand. I didn't understand the long-term goal. And then when Brad recorded the conversation, I was blown away. So maybe he does do well under pressure. So PT Moxie said, so Brad tried to throw Julian and Dr. O under the bus. What a freaking surprise. Brad may have screwed up the relationship between Lucas and Julian, but Lucas isn't going to just let this go. I can't wait until Lucas runs into Dr. O and brings up the meds Brad said he got from her. That little weasel has too many stories going on to keep them all straight. And double-crossing Julian, seriously, what do you think? who do you think you are, Brad? So, yeah, I think that's really true. He's saying too many lies, and I just don't know how Lucas is not going to stumble upon one of them. I know. That's what I feel, too, honestly. I just feel bad for Lucas in all of this. It's it's a lot. He's getting screwed all kinds. But he at least he got like to see his dad in today's episode. I think it was really well done with Tony coming back and yeah, the way that they so did sweet. it. It makes me a little annoyed that he's that he they killed him off the show. Like I know <laughs> I know when you're making these decisions years ago, like I I mean look, I don't really know what goes into the decision at the time, but it's just like now it would be really, really nice to have these legacy characters there. And it sucks that they're all coming back in these, like, ghost-like memory things. I mean, at least that, but I understand what you're saying. Another ghost crept up on us today, this week, I mean. So Shiloh is gone, but mm-hmm. now we're hinting that he may have married Nell before he died. I don't even know what to make of that, honestly. Well, like, okay, first of all, I was kind of shocked because in, in my head, when he came back to see her, Martin came back to see Nell, and he was like, I did a little digging. And I'm like, so you found out she's crazy? Like, I thought maybe he'd be like, I found out that you're yes. saying that I don't really want to work with you anymore. But then all he did was bring up a husband. And I'm like, all righty. And I was like, this is interesting because Nell's not really in the show consistently, but here they are sort of developing her more. So mm. I thought it was maybe like... um 
like a husband she had a million years ago, but then when she was saying I'm coming into a payday and all this stuff, we can and like we can put together that who she was describing was was essentially Shiloh. So I mean again, there's a lot of hints that she's obviously gonna get out. There's more pressure on on it for that. But then what really like freaked me out was then her lawyer getting on a call with Valentine. Okay, that confused me so much because I did not understand. Like I put lots of question marks. <laughs> okay, so here's an idea about that whole thing because I wasn't sure if the project that the lawyer and Valentine were talking about was Nell related, but it looked that way. But in my head, I'm like, how would all of these people be connected? And then Lamont Askins on Facebook said, yep, he married her so she could have a claim to the ELQ stock. Valentine wants something to hold <gasps> over Michael's head. So, I mean, technically, Whoa. Michael did recently, you know, connect with Valentine story-wise. So then yep. it possibly could make sense. And obviously, Valentine does actually have a history with Nell as well, which, you know, I forgot about that, too. So, oh, yes, and, and that was mentioned. Right, yeah, Michael gave a summary to Sasha randomly. Like, yes. it wasn't really necessary. <laughs> P.S. Nell used to be Charlotte's <laughs> nanny once upon a time. So, yeah, so I do think that there's a lot of hints there. So, yeah, so now I'm certain that the whole thing is, is all connected. So, Valentine is absolutely somehow connected to a project they have going on between him, the lawyer, and Nell. I just don't know if Nell knows about this project, obviously. I don't think so. So, I, I don't know. Like, it, can anyone outsmart Nell? I'm not sure. I don't know, man. That's, that's a tough oh. one. Oh. Okay. Oh. Well, I yes. just feel like, how could Valentine really use Nell? The only thing I can really think of is maybe financially. You know, Michael is part of ELQ. And if Nell has, maybe he'll just try to make sure that Nell gets ELQ or, I don't know, gets enough stocks or something like that. I don't know if it's financial. That would make the most sense, though. So, I don't know. It could be something like that. Ooh. Okay, so I think that's it for the week. I do have to say that mm -hmm. I, I like it when people get mixed up and it is kind of interesting to have Valentine connected to this lawyer. Just like it was fun to have Joss have a conversation with Lucas. Like, I like it. I like that I find that they're mixing up the characters more and more. Me too. Do you have a favorite um, line of the week? Oh my gosh. Yes, I freaking do. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was when um, Ava was yelling at Jax today and she's like, I may be crazy, but I'm not crazy. And I'm like, mm, mm, I don't know. You might just be. <laughs> I thought that was funny. To be honest, like I have no idea how Jax didn't just laugh in her face or confess when she was talking about Nicholas's ghost. But yeah, whatever. What about you? Did you have a favorite moment of the week? I did. It was um, Curtis and Jordan. And he, Curtis said something to Jordan like, let's go and do the thing we're best at. And oh. she responded, I didn't think we'd be going to the hospital. <laughs> oh, poor girl. She was super freaking disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, have a great weekend, everybody. Have a good weekend, Mel. You're also Hi. part of everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so honored. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.